one billion years in the future, Earth still exists, though maybe not as we imagine it. Eras upon bygone eras worth of technology have been left behind by eight previous and fallen civilizations. It is now up to the denizens of the Ninth World to piece together what was left behind. Perhaps they're looking to carve out their place in the world, or simply to survive a land riddled with weird and unearthly dangers. Or perhaps still, they just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Whatever it is this new era of adventurers and heroes is looking to discover, they'll have to dig through the imprinted echoes of the past to find it. Hello, and welcome to Imprinted Echoes, a family-friendly Numenera actual play podcast. My name's Zan, and I'll be your GM. Thank you for joining us today. As always, we hope that you're staying as safe and healthy as you can. In this episode, the adventurers re-emerge from below to find things a little different from when they left, and now have the reactions of others to contend with. Damage control is done, research is completed, and certain beings grow a little bit closer. Join us as Nehemiah, Smallrin, and Jory begin to see the effects of the imprinted echoes of this place. down and like hunt for like paper and something to write with and I, I Smallrin yes. shoves her her book open to a clean page and a pen at you yeah I grab it and start writing as fast as I can just copying it what in the name small the sand in this sea let, let her write it down alright alright Okay, okay, okay. I think I got it. Oh, man. <laughs> that was... Legitimately, what was that? I did. Like, honestly, and for true, I have no idea what just happened. Rufus speaks up, goes, that was, that was the song that we heard before, and it was louder, and oh, there's so much to look into. I did pick up on that part, yes. <laughs> Uh, okay, okay, um, I've almost finished writing it down. Lucky us. This is a message of some kind. I mean, it's, it's, I understood everything, but at the same time, it's, it's a bit cryptic. It's going to take some thought to try to figure out what it is it's actually trying to say. I don't suppose this is all just some kind of random collection of sounds and words put together by... People of a long-forgotten age. No, no, isn't that like what language is like in gen- in general? Also, yes. That says science, not seance. Sorry, bad handwriting. I'll repeat that for you. Listen to the rhapsody. Find the connection. Verse one to break the silence. Restore the power. Connect the feed. Within the chamber, echo the signal. A response is awaited far and long. Listen to the rhapsody, break the silence. Save our voices from a tumult. Listen to the rhapsody, break the silence. I'm getting a strong indication that we're supposed to listen to the rhapsody and break some silence. 
don't know. Could be wrong. <sighs> uh, the thing I find most troubling is we're going to have to connect the power. No, 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 no. No, we, we can't do that. I personally don't make a habit of listening to strange eyeball things in the sky. Edos has been silent up until this point. Mm -hmm. He has been talking over what this could mean and where it's been, where it might be from. And they kind of look up and goes, we have to listen to it. No, this is the sign that I've been waiting for. What sign have you, what, what do you mean sign you've been waiting for? Since we came here, I've been looking for a way to find our friend that was taken from us. Mm -hmm. This is his voice. It has to be. How, what, what else would need saving? If that's his voice, why would he be talking like, why would he put it in code? Why would I... he be this cryptic and why would he speak a language we don't know? Melodic language. I don't know, but this, I see... I have not seen any indication of a connection to anything else up until now. And I, this is what I've been looking for. This is, we have to listen. I'm, I'm sure of it. We've just heard it. We've got it written down. Listening isn't going to do anything else for you. Okay, why, why, don't we, why don't we just go back above and, and get our heads clear before we do anything rash? I mean, we do have an entire army of things down here that's going to probably come up and kill us if we do push any on buttons. And I will say, any undertaking as important as this should not be rushed into. Anyone who wishes to roll persuasion may. Mm -hmm. uh, I will do this. At this point, Edos seems frantic would i be able to use my overcoming fear intimidation or panic to be trained in this that is fear or intimidation or panic that aimed at me yes difficulty difficulty five. Oh boy okay i will spend an intellect point to okay. ease that up by one by all means yeah i'd like to spend a point of effort i have succeeded with a natural 20 I have also succeeded with a 15. And I have failed with a 7. So, Rin, what would you like that major effect to be? Just to really drill home to everybody in this room, not just uh, Edos, that we really need to be cautious about this. That there's a lot that's riding on what we do and that bad things that have happened to people in the past have come because of rash, rash decisions, and I'm hoping to carry that through whatever decisions we need to make about this as long as possible. Edos takes a couple of calming breaths. All right. We've, we've waited this long. I suppose we can take a little more time to consider what this is. The last thing we want to do is have something backfire. Just saying. They look visibly shaken, but they start making their way back up to the staircase that will eventually lead you back up to the elevator and the surface. Rufus is kind of just looking around again, like mad scientist style, just kind of like super excited about everything that happened and the fact that Jory can understand the language <laughs> and is just jazzed about everything that's happening. And they are talking a mile a minute, just going on and on and on about all the different things that they're going to have to try. And 
they press a button on what was this power source and it kind of like folds up into a smaller cube, kind of like a a bread box sized cube. (laughs) (laughs) How big is it in relation to a Pekingese? In in general, it's like a like a foot by a foot, and carries this cube up with them and begins to to go up. Adriel looks at the three of you and goes, "Well, that was interesting." Shall we? Y- yeah, yeah. That didn't sound like your friend, though, did it? It didn't. But All right. the years of trying to find an answer without getting very far can eventually do things to one's perception. I'm not saying that Edos is wrong. I can't deny that there seems to be a connection there, but I'd like to look at the different possibilities first. Mm. There's a lot of power to be had here. Yep. Rufus, is your power source rechargeable by any chance? They are halfway to the staircase. Yes, yes it is! I'm gonna go recharge it now! Alright. Then perhaps it's time we all went back up. Yes. I would like to be in the sun again, yes. And I could use some Benbane. Adrian says, I'm gonna stay here for a moment. I'll join you shortly, but I'd like to take a few notes of my own. Okay. Alright. Just don't push that on button. Don't worry, I have no interest in turning any of this on again. Well, and Smallerin taps the the communication cipher. Just let us know if you need anything. I will, thank you. And she goes and kind of takes out a small notebook and starts, activates a glow globe and starts writing in the notebook. You guys make your way back up through the hallways, up the elevator, and back up to the surface and when you do you notice a few things immediately rufus is sprinting towards the settlement the walls of the settlement have shifted um Uh oh i think there was more consequences for powering that up run 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 (laughs) the new parts of the structure of legam as you were told when you arrived and were kind of given the tour and the layout of everything were originally constructed and built as a part of some of the remaining structures that were already there, some ruins and things of the sort. It seems as though those original pieces of structure and walls and such have shifted. However, they haven't ruined or caused any of those buildings that have been created in the time since to crumble or fall or be destroyed. They kind of just pulled them along, dragged them with as the walls and things of the original structure of wherever this place was shifted. Rather than being circular anymore, it's still it still looks geometric, but it's not just a, a straight up series of concentric circles any longer. Hmm. In addition, the orb is kind of giving off a constant hum, and you can constantly hear that song on repeat, but it's soft. There's no static this time. There's no cutting in and out. It is clear as day, though low volume. The city music. Yes. You also notice that 
kind of in the in the surrounding area there've always been like creatures around like i mean obviously you guys have hunters dio goes hunting and brings back you know supplies and meat and stuff the creatures that typically live in the area there aren't a large ones but like the small game and and strange things that kind of live around here they're all fleeing moving as far away from the edge of the settlement as they can and you only catch a couple of them you know there's a little creature with like antennae but like an armadillo shell running along and like a slug that moves like super fast kind of like just tearing its way out to the outer edges squid moles bullet you know. slime <laughs> technically called a slurge a slurge that's very good <laughs> Okay, well, we need to get this figured out before we keep going. Yeah. Because what? <laughs> oh, uh, Zan, as as we're, like, rushing towards the settlement, is my little eye friend able to keep up with me, or should I grab them and tuck them in a pocket? I know you said that um... they, they hover, but they don't move very fast. Yeah, it's not keeping up too well, so if you want to grab it, you can't. I, yeah, I snag it, and I snag them and tuck them into a pocket so they're sticking out. Sure. It kind of, like, like just is, like, peeking over <laughs> the pocket with, like, the little trail of coiled cables kind of sticking in there and just bouncing along as you guys are making your way into the settlement. Rufus is sprinting ahead of you, and they are going straight for the orb. You don't see Eidos at the moment. Um, I'm gonna follow Rufus to the orb. Yes, I'll 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 do the same. I'm gonna look for Eidos. Nehemiah, Smallrin, you follow Rufus, and they run up to the orb and the little workshop base that they had set up nearby, and they're looking around frantically. No, my, my controls, they're gone. Oh, my. What is it? Oh, by the sight. Oh, my. What's it? And they're, like, not able to get words to come out in full sentences. Rufus? What? 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 what, what? There's just so much. What am I looking yeah. for? I had a series of controls that were attached to the bottom of the sphere, the the orb. They aren't on it any longer, and I don't know if it was blown off, it w- if it was destroyed, if it was absorbed. I'm I'm not quite sure, but it's not there any longer. And I need to find a way to figure out as much as I can about the sounds it's making. I need my sensors. Where are the sensors? And they start digging through like a chest, trying to find different devices. So. My question is, uh, considering my flex skill for the day is cartography, does it appear that the orb has moved in, like, everything around it has, has the orb shifted at all? It has not. Okay. It has changed color. How much? (laughs) It's usually... Kind of like a, a light blue green, kind of the same color as the lights that were down below and they're all lit up underneath in the dome. Right now, it is a pale orange. Oh, that doesn't sound good. Oh. Huh. Hmm. It's about like 10 feet 
like okay. to the bottom of it. You couldn't quite reach it if you reached your hand up necessarily, but if you jumped, you could probably touch it. Okay. Or if you had a small step ladder. I'm going to try and touch it. Cool. I'm sure I've tried to do this before with mixed results. Um, what's the difficulty there? To touch it? Nothing. Oh, yeah. I touch it. Does sure. It do anything? I so you guys have, you've, you've touched the ore before, and you've, or if you haven't, you've gotten a description. It's kind of like this undefinable, like, ceramic synth material, something that Eidos had never seen before, something that was in none of the notes that Smallrin had, and any of the people who had encountered this before weren't really able to classify it as anything that they had really any sort of information on. So you know what it felt like previously. You get sure. a small block, a crate, and you put it down, and you step up and touch it and mm -hmm. your hand doesn't it, it doesn't feel like that cold smooth texture that you would expect instead it kind of like pushes into it a it's little a little bit. more pliable is the orb now made of oobleck it's soft nehemiah it feels not quite like the slime that you picked up downstairs but not utterly dissimilar either Huh. Huh. Hey, Rufus. They have their head down in a crate, searching for something. They go, what? What is it? Rufus, the orb is soft. What? <laughs> their head pops back up very suddenly. What do you mean it's soft? I will take the blunted end of the of the sword spear, mm -hmm. like the, 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 the shaft, and I will just like, poke it so that uh they can see it like indent and then release yeah it's not like you can't push it in very far there is a yeah. little bit of give to it like if you were to poke a person like your skin gives a little bit but there's pressure there yeah exactly and so yeah you poke your, your sword spear up to a little bit and rufus looks up and goes there are so many data sets i have to rework this this does, in fact, change everything. But, Rue, I am going to need you to keep it together right now. Okay. Because okay. I don't know what's going on either. Okay. And we can't have only one person among the three of us standing right here right now completely losing it. Okay. And okay. I don't know anything about any sets of data or nothing. Right. I'm going to go ahead and make sure everybody else is all right. This... This is weird, but there is nothing I can do about this. Okay. Nehemiah, okay. is it warm? No. It is not warm, but it's not cool. It's almost like like when you stick your hand into a pool of room temperature water and you can barely tell that your hand is in the water because it's so similar to the temperature everywhere else. That's how warm, quote unquote, it is. Warmer. My only concern is that Maybe it's somehow alive? That is an incredibly valid concern <laughs> that I can do nothing about, and I walk away. <laughs> okay. That's fair. Rufus is trying to do breathing exercises and not going very well with it. Question. My, yes. the little orb guy mm -hmm. if i wanted an ocular implant would i need to find someone to perform that surgery 
No. It does it on its this own. This thing does it for you. Cool. How much is that going to hurt? Hmm. Let's see. Keeping in mind that I am trained in overcoming fear, intimidation, or panic and intellect mm -hmm, defense. Mm -hmm. And espionage, honestly, which I could argue means that I'm inured <laughs> to torture. It will be a a might roll to get through the pain because it's not particularly comfortable to have your eye replaced right. by a small ocular implant. <laughs> but yeah, so it will hurt. But you have no no way of knowing exactly how much. Yeah, doing it. Okay. <laughs> We need to find things, apparently. Rufus is freaking out, so... Keep in mind, this is permanent. Yeah, that's... Okay. I Okay. I mean, Smallrin being who she is, having a permanent boost to all perception-based checks is not nothing. I mean, that is absolutely on-brand and absolutely a thing she would yep. do. Because I am going into this stealing myself knowing there will be incredible pain can i be trained using my overcoming fear and panic yes you can this is going to be a might level three i'm going to point out this is the weirdest time to do this one this is also true but no one's no one's to here to real quick elective surgery <laughs> no one's here to stop her also Rufus is breathing heavily and Nehemiah just walked away. I am going to spend for a point of effort as well. Yay, that's a success with a five. Okay, you take three might damage, which is less than it would have been otherwise. And that's just the, the fact that this is a essentially a surgical procedure. I'm not going to go into detail with it, but it hurts terribly. I would like to retcon that I sat down before I, I just sat down on the ground before I started doing this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and as it, it does so, it, you know, kind of is, it replaces your eye. Incredibly uncomfortable, incredibly painful. And you kind of feel a, a sensation of like having a good friend like very close by to you and you feel as though you have bonded with this thing and immediately as you do so you realize something else about this ogren orb ogren orbs have personalities perhaps a flaw in their programming but the host experiences a side effect depending on the orb's disposition okay that's adorable i love this <laughs> this orb is impatient of course so, it is. <laughs> so, it is very happy, and it bonds with you, and it's wonderful. So all perception tasks you take part in are going to be automatically eased one level. Okay. However, any task that requires patience is hindered. Ooh, interesting. With your bonding connection now, that kind of bleeds over into your personality. So you are very much more perceptive and a bit more impatient about the things and, and their the way they progress now. All right. Well, Smallrin kind of stands up her new orb friend and goes over and puts puts a hand on Rufus's shoulder. 
Now, I need you to tell me exactly what these sensors of yours look like. You just... Okay, um... Right, uh, the sensors, it's, um... It's a... There, there's two of them. There, there's one, it's a little handheld device uh, that has, like, um, almost almost like a, a little dish on the front. Uh, and there's another one that uh, kind of looks like a... Uh, like a a tablet almost um and you have to like connect the two of them but like i forgot to put them away in the right place last time um they're supposed to go together and they aren't together let me look for them and you keep looking for them and i'm sure they're somewhere go ahead and make me a perception check and that will be level two yeah, I'll spend a point of effort. Then it, you automatically see it. You don't even have to roll. You can reduce something down to the point of it being zero. So it automatically happens. Oh, okay. Awesome. So yeah, you, the your newly implanted um, kind of like zooms in almost and just kind of like hones in on the fact that the tablet is actually just under some papers on Rufus's work table and the sensor is thrown in a pile of I.O. And, and components off to the side. So you quickly grab the two and put them on the workbench for Rufus. And as you do so, you kind of just look up at the orb and you almost see a, almost like a ripple coming out from it in like a dome. You know when you look at a street in the summer and yeah. the, the heat is coming up from the asphalt? Almost like that, kind of like, emanating out from it in almost like a force field-esque dome encapsulating the entirety of the settlement. Oh. That could be... Rufus? Yes? Uh, first, I did find your sensors. Second... Oh, thank the stars. There seems to be some sort of energy field or shield of some kind emanating from the dome and covering the settlement. Do you see any animals? We saw them fleeing as we approached. <sighs> Dang it. I thought I had deactivated that. When we got here, there was a, a sound that we can't hear, something either too high or too low, that drove all of the beasts away and i thought i'd turn it off because we wanted sling to live here clearly she's probably run away at this point that's probably what you're seeing i i i have i have tests to run if you want if you want to stay here and and join in, in that that's fine but i i need to figure some things out i'm happy to stay and help they start basically assigning you things to take care of nehemiah where do you go um, I go down into the town and just kind of check. I want to check on people, make sure everyone is okay, because a lot of their houses just moved without warning. Yeah. You start walking through the now differently, differently shaped and direction mm -hmm. streets, essentially. People seem shaken and confused. As you're just walking through, it doesn't seem like anyone was injured. There's a woman who looks like she might have like been pushed out of the way she's got like kind of like a scraped up arm looks like she maybe fell but it's not anything too mm -hmm. serious 
Okay. And as you kind of continue through, that's kind of the, the general consensus you got. Like people might have gotten pushed around as these things moved or kind of like fallen down from the, the force of this change. But no one was injured beyond care. Mm-hmm. But everyone is definitely confused and shaken. People are talking about whether or not it's going to happen again. People are talking about whether or not they should stay here. Things have been so safe thus far. Now maybe they're not. I try to assure people everything is fine. We're working on it. We think we know what happened. We're not quite sure, but we're we're, we're putting it together. Don't worry. And with all that done, I will go ahead and uh, make my way to the first tree to see folks there. All right. The first tree has kind of shifted. It is now facing the opposite direction. Mm, and... Don't like that. <laughs> And so you kind of have to go around and come at it a different way. And Fahura is picking up broken bottles and and containers that have been thrown on the floor, trying to salvage what she can, mm-hmm. grumbling about it. You all right there? Oh, just fine, just fine, you know? It's not like I had just organized everything. It's not like all of this stuff was a nice, neat little rose and I had everyone, everything that I needed here. And it's not like that some of these things were taken way back from Boldrov when I came over here however many years ago. No, it's all fine. I hop the bar and help her start picking stuff up and putting it back on the shelves. I do that very poorly. Okay. It is in nowhere near any kind of order that she would have put it at all. I'm pretty much, I don't know what anything's called. It's just kind of going up by, like, bottle type, which sometimes works. You help her out. And right now, she's less concerned about the organization of it, more concerned about getting things cleaned up. So she doesn't say anything about the fact that, like, it's utterly chaotic where you're putting yes. everything. What in the world even happened? There was something. Down below, Rufus plugged it in. It started yelling at us. Yeah, I heard that. It was incredibly loud. I couldn't not listen. Yeah, that was. it was worse, down, probably. I don't know. I wasn't up here, so I'm not sure if it was. It was also very bad down there. Did, it, did everything move while that was going on? When did everything move? Yeah, everything was moving as it was singing, and then it kind of quieted down and everything stopped. Weird. I mean, not weird. That makes sense, because that's how long the power lasted. All right. That's good to know. All right. More reason not to turn it back on. Good. All right. All right. Look, um, anything else I can do while I'm here? Can you help me reassure people? I'm good at talking. I'm good at interacting with people people usually come here when they need a reassuring word but there's only so much i can do and i know you're pretty good at talking to people if you could just i'll clean and talk you you do what you need to do thank you and i'll start picking up bits of like broken glass and whatnot mm-hmm. sweeping up mm-hmm. um, a couple other people come in to help it's clearly kind of a community effort once you guys have the first tree moderately put back together People start moving around to try and help those who have had other belongings and, and such strewn about. And mm-hmm. there's people are checking on the small agriculture fields that you have to see if anything got ruined there. And it's it just kind of like going around. I'm going to have you roll me a essentially a persuasion 
check it will that would fall under social interaction so you are trained in that sure I'm not going to give uh, you a, a target number. I'm just going to have you roll it to see how well you do in got it. convincing people. Not well. Oh. I've rolled a two. Okay. Would you like to re-roll that? Do you have XP to re-roll that? Let's take a look here. I do have XP. I will, I will burn one to re-roll that. Okay. Yes. There we go. Okay. Well, better. Four. <laughs> it's a four. You are able to at least convince people not to leave. Yeah, it's not an all-out runaway panic. Right. Um, people are dedicated to staying and making sure that things get put back together, uh, mm -hmm. making sure that things are not going to get worse, obviously. No one's going to leave outright, but there's still a lot of whispers as to what happens if this happens again? This is something we need to be prepared for. Sure. And there's kind of a general unease throughout the population here. Jory, you go to find Eidos. Eidos does not go to the orb. Instead, Eidos goes to their living quarters, or at least where their living quarters were and... Through a little bit of searching and understanding, you're able to find where it has been shifted to. It hasn't been shifted far, but it is at a stranger angle than it was previously. Originally, it was kind of like facing the orb towards the center of the settlement, and now it's kind of like shifted off and facing outwards and to the side. Okay. Uh, and Edos is digging, not digging, like, like shuffling <laughs> through old notes, like just looking through pages and pages of notes, not frantically like Rufus was necessarily, but incredibly intently, very okay. focused. Hey, uh, hello, Jory. What can I do for you? All right. Um, can I help? Uh, I... <laughs> you disappeared. There's, there's, it's a bit of a ruckus. Um, uh, yes. Yeah. Um. There's a lot going on, yes. Um, I'm simply trying to connect the dots here. Okay. Is there anything I can help with? You can read the language, right? Um, I, I think so. Yeah. And you've found notes or, or, or something, documents? Yeah, 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 yeah. What is this place? Tell me what this place is. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's not broad at all. Okay. What what is it like I have spent years trying to I'm sorry, give me a moment. No, you're fine. I have spent years trying to figure out exactly what all of this is supposed to be for. I have had ideas and hints and glimmers of hope, but no concrete answers. I know this sounds absolutely just off the wall, but I truly believe that the song we heard is a distress call. In my heart of hearts, that is what I believe. I, I did get somewhat of that. It, it's the same impression, yeah, but... Uh, um. Do I think I would have had enough information to tell him what I think this is? You know it's a 
essentially a communication relay. Yes. That's all you know concretely at the moment. There could be more information in the two, in the in the personal journal that you found, as well as the essentially scientific log you okay. found in the office. We we haven't thoroughly gone through those yet, have we? Not yet. Again, not yet. No. Okay. Um, there's a lot of information that we need to to sift through before I can tell you anything. You know, for sure, but. I, I, I'll I get right on it. That would be greatly appreciated. As long as everything's okay here, I, I can start as soon as possible. Okay is a relative term. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, that's true. There's been a lot of information today. A lot of things have happened. I found that there is a colony of spacious beings living beneath the settlement that I've helped establish. I have learned that there is something... Someone, somewhere, trying to reach us and asking for help. I've learned that the foundation of this settlement can move. With what triggering it, I'm not 100% sure. I... I know I need to be the rock that this community needs, but in order to do that, I need time to figure this out. That's okay. A rock can only have so much pressure on it before it um, turns into a, a gem. No, you know what? That didn't come out quite how I wanted it to. I think I understand what you mean. Yes, yes. It could crack. There we go. Not turn it to a gem. Crack. So um, just be a rock for a bit, as you are, and we'll take some of the pressure off and work on stuff, and then we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you again. Yeah. Okay? Good? Yes, thank you. If you can look into what you've found and give me any information you possibly can, that would be greatly appreciated. Sure can. Okay. I will get back to you on that finger guns. Exit. <laughs> Besides helping people literally and figuratively get back on their feet and running tests and aiding in the research of things is there anything that anyone wishes to do immediately nah it's just trying to make sure everybody's okay i am trained in medicine as well so awesome. or healing yeah so anybody those those cuts and scrapes i've got a i've got a bottle of rum and alcohol to pour right on them good you help with the people who have been have sustained minor injuries mm -hmm. um, they're thankful and especially since since Rufus is often the one who has a little more, like, literal healing power, and they are very much preoccupied at the moment between you and Fahura, who both have right. a little more of, like, the more medicinal knowledge, the, the two of you are able to essentially patch everyone up pretty well and make sure that no one is going to be worse for wear for their injuries. Cool, cool. The day continues on, and... You, the sun begins to set. The hum from the orb continues to drone on, and the words from the song continue to repeat the same handful of lines over and over again. For most of you, it just kind of becomes a... You, you can almost sing along now to the words that, that are being spoken. You don't necessarily know what they mean directly, but Smallrin and Nehemiah, in the same way that you might 
be able to quote unquote sing the song, the sing the lyrics in a foreign language to a song that you don't necessarily know the meaning of. Uh, you're able to kind of like understand the. I could follow along to baby metal, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I was thinking more uh, the circle of life the, when you were a kid. Right. Oh and, yeah. And 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 see, for me, it was the uh, the Numa Numa song. Oh yes. I, you know, all that Romanian. Um, Jory, though you you hear this in a language you understand. So this is now less than kind of just this tune that you can bop along to. The words to this are like just ingrained in your mind because the the song itself is only a minute long. And so every minute it's on repeat with only a cup like maybe 30 seconds of space in between. It's like it's yeah. on loop. And this poem essentially is just burned into your memory i'm gonna have you make me an intellect defense level three the stanley steamer jingle is on repeat and mm-hmm. you can't stop it and stanley would really like out well basically what i'm thinking is rin this is basically like the entirety of september and october at costume holiday house <laughs> where they have one cd <laughs> <sighs> I still have nightmares. What what CD is it? Is it like just like Halloween classics like Monster Mash and Werewolf in Were- London and Yeah, there's a singular Halloween CD that they it play the for the Monster entire Mash. month of September and October and it's the only music allowed in the store. It Yikes. was a graveyard. That's not a corporately owned store. That's not right. I mean, to be fair, when I worked there, I was just using Pandora because it was mostly me. But it was I did put it on a Halloween channel. And yes, it was all the same songs that I am certain it would have been. Were it the yeah. same. Sure. Over no, and over I, and over I, and over. Thriller. I and Monster Mash. get that. But like I, I used to work at Chuck E. Cheese. So I know uh, the type of torture that you're going through there. Because in the six months I worked there, they changed that particular, uh, the the live show, quote unquote, twice. Ooh. And it repeats every hour and a half. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, this is. All right. I still get working for the weekend by chucking the gang stuck in my head. Mm-mm. Oh, no. Mm-mm. Yeah. No, no please. Ew. I haven't worked there Ew. in almost half my life. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's rough. That's very right. Yeah. Who? Okay. Right, so, intellect defense level three, Jory. All right. Off we go. Fail and a three. Over the course of the rest of the day, you take two intellect damage just from having to hear this over and over and over again. <sighs> it's just mildly torturous. Only mildly. I can't believe I wrote this down. Why did I write this down? This was... <laughs> no. 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 I'm going to burn that page. Oh, God. The sun sets. People start making their way to try and rest for the night. Um, Smallrin, you are tired and you lay down and you, like do your kind of your your normal nighttime routine what does that include 
I sharpen and polish both of my weapons. Uh, I check all of my various poison components to make sure everything is stored properly. Uh, I, I I go check all of my various hides um, to see uh, what has shifted and whether I need to move any of them because they no longer provide vantage. Um, and then I go to not to my my quote unquote room, but I go to one of my one of my blinds on top of one of the buildings. There's two that you have to rearrange. They're all still like on top of the buildings that you put them on. One of them is facing a direction that doesn't make sense anymore, so you do a little shifting, and one of them has kind of collapsed, so you have to put it back together, rebuild it. It takes you the rest of the evening. As you settle down and you kind of, you know, lay down for the night, having taken care of everything, you're sure that everything is solid and seen to at this point. You close your eyes, and your Ogren orb just pops your eye back open. And you can just, like, like you're organic eyes shut, but this one just opens back up and starts looking around. I suppose we should have had a longer conversation as to whether you need sleep. You did see it resting, or at least deactivated before Jory touched it. Also, which eye is it? Left. So it kind of flits around, and you just get this intense feeling of impatience. Well, I understand that when we met, you were sleeping, but I have not rested in some time. And you, again, kind of having this, like, emotional companionship bond with it, you get a feeling of irritation, but understanding. And the the iris closes back (sighs) down, and you can close your eyes. I promise... There will be interesting things to see tomorrow. You don't get any sort of emotional response. It's, it's kind of just like, yeah, fine, and shuts down. <laughs> Have you named it? Are you going to name it now that's a part of you? I'm going to name it. I don't know what yet. I have a name for it that Bridget came up with, but it doesn't feel like a smaller name. Bridget, okay. wants, Bridget w- wants to name it Squidlet. Squidlet is very good. That doesn't sound very small, Rin. It's not small, Rin, at all. But, no. But Bridget thinks of it as Squidlet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nehemiah, what is your what does your evening routine look like, either normally or tonight? Normally, it is a quick round of the outside of the uh, of the perimeter, um, and then uh, spending uh, the evening at the last tree or at the first tree. And honestly, it's it's pretty similar tonight. Um, he takes that perimeter tonight less to keep an eye on things and more to uh, see how far critters are, are staying away. Um, and then back to the first tree in order to kind of set up shop and, you know, continue to tend to people, continue to talk to people. They weren't in a listening mood earlier. Maybe they'll be better this time around. <laughs> You take your perimeter, and the previously kind of circular wall that mm-hmm. was around the settlement has now shifted. It's almost as if it were cut into quarters and turned 90 degrees. So now it's almost like there's, like, curves coming outward from each mm. of them, kind of, like, radially in towards the center. So kind of like a flower petal yeah. design. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. You don't notice 
obviously things are a little less secure now. Security was kind of a a strange thing to begin with here, but uh, it's not as in- enclosed as it was before. You walk right. a little ways out and take note of where the animals are. It doesn't seem that any of the creatures you see are coming within a hundred feet of the outside wall in any particular direction. So it's like within a hundred foot radius of the settlement. There doesn't seem to be many creatures. Go and roll a perception level two. Perception level two. Let's take a look here. Um, I am trained in that. Success with a four. Wonderful. The creatures that you notice kind of not being as close as they were previously are specifically the ones that you would probably consider actively dangerous to people. Sure. With a little more thinking, you do still see, you do see a chance moth around Hmm. kind of within this area. Yeah, Um, yeah. And kind of thinking back, you realize their main motivation is to find like Numenera and Io and to feed off of that. But the animals that you see kind of like on the outskirts and the ones that you saw fleeing before are ones that would probably be more interested in eating other creatures. Huh. Okay. You can feasibly connect that that the animals and creatures that are being driven out are the ones that have the motivation of hunger for flesh. Makes sense. This is... It's a feature, not a bug. Except for that, that chance moth is in fact a bug. <laughs> that that thing is actually a bug, but this this is a feature. <laughs> All right, you head back to the first tree, mm-hmm. and Fahora is still kind of cleaning things up a little bit now that the stuff is like off the floor, and she's kind of taking an inventory of stuff and rearranging stuff so it's a little more organized. Uh, she sees you come in and kind of just nods to you. She doesn't seem mm-hmm. to be in a very talkative mood right now, but sure. acknowledges your presence. Yep. Um, I will um, grab a drink and uh, just kind of chill out near the door and try and essentially pull aggro, like chat aggro for chat. for Fahura. Uh, yeah, you're able to essentially, like I said, pull chat aggro. Yep. You talk to some people. Um, the people that you do talk to, you're able to kind of bolster up a little bit and give them a little more trust and understanding about the situation, mm-hmm. how you guys are going to be moving forward. Uh, eventually, right. people kind of start walking by, the sun starts to set, and you also make your way to bed as everyone else seems to be making their way to theirs. Good stuff. Jory, what does your evening look like? I'm translating. Okay. That's, I, I'm just frantically trying to, to get as much information as I can from the documents that we have. Are you just reading or are you transcribing? I'm taking notes, so I'll read and if there's something that seems to be particularly important, I will be doing that. Awesome. Do you start with the personal journal or the scientific log? Uh, The scientific log. You start reading through, and it seems to be, a, at first, a record of kind of the day-to-day 
happenings here, talking about experiments on certain things. There's some words that don't translate well. You sure they probably have a an analog within your language, but it's not a very good translation, or if it is a good translation, it's a word you don't necessarily understand, especially because this is coming from a cipher and not necessarily from an understanding of the language. It's not always a perfect understanding of, of what's going on here, especially considering how old this is. So there's like some scientific terms that you're not necessarily familiar with and some uh, bits and pieces of jargon or data that you don't necessarily have a frame of reference for. But as you continue to read, you're correct. This is a, this was a communications base. Um, one of many, it seemed, stretched across different areas of the world. You don't have a date necessarily, but it was far in the past, clearly not a part of this era at all. And it seems that the this was almost like a kind of like a scientific outpost. The people who worked and lived here moved out here to specifically work on this area to kind of create this communications array. Uh, at first they were trying to just communicate long distances, so hundreds of miles. Eventually they were trying to communicate across the planet. Eventually to other planets. Eventually to other galaxies, maybe. They're trying to go farther and farther and farther, and they continue. You, you see the numbers kind of like shifting in terms of essentially a rate of like how much they're pushing the equipment that they have and a margin of error and as the the distance and and power they're trying to get to with the stuff they have here the margin of error grows greater and greater okay the last kind of notes a bit of notes that you have in here essentially allude to trying to communicate with another plane. Oof. Okay. Well, whether or not Jory has any frame of reference for what that means is up to you. Generally speaking, people of the Ninth World, especially those who have experience with the Numenera and, and things like that, understand that there are other dimensions, essentially, or whether or not you have that word, um, but other places that kind of exist alongside where we are. There are, there's, like, specifically a town that, like, essentially has a mirror version of itself nearby. So, right. like, it's not out of the realm of understanding, um, but whether or not you have an exact full comprehension of what this data means is up to you. I do kind of, I don't really plane shift, but I kind of Right. Since I kind of skirt that whole mm -hmm. business, maybe I know mm -hmm. maybe better than absolutely some that people. Sounds, that sounds absolutely right. Okay, I will uh, take one. Once I've gone through everything, I will take the collection of it and uh, take my notes to Edos. That is my plan. Do you go through the journal at all? Yes, I do. I will. Okay. Um, the journal is a little more personal. It talks about this. It's a scientist who came here and is really excited about 
uh, being able to work on this project. It was kind of a lucky break that they uh, got this assignment. Even though it's out in the middle of nowhere, they're going to make the best of it. They're going to make good friends, all that good stuff. Lunch on Tuesday was terrible. (laughs) Right. That kind of stuff. Um, Eventually, they they start talking about, kind of in the same timeline as the log is, greater and greater efforts to communicate farther and farther distances. They're talking about anomalies that are happening. One of their co-workers disappeared while working in the echo chamber. Um, and they're not sure, they're, they're, they're hesitant to go in there alone anymore. There was a situation where a screeching sound kind of tore its way through all of their equipment and ruined some of the controls and drove two of the, the technicians crazy. They had to send them home. There was a portion where there was a pulse of energy that created a, a force field, essentially, around the, the orb that they had here that created this dome that kept beasts out. There was, and it, and it, it stayed, there was a time where a rift opened up and a strange creature came through they were able to like subdue it and this rift closed back up but stranger and stranger things happen every day things were becoming more and more concerning this scientist talks about maybe wanting to quit the project maybe wanting to go back home maybe deciding that this is perhaps pushing science a little farther than it should be pushed and that's the last entry Thank you so much for listening to episode 23 of Imprinted Echoes. If you'd like to follow our podcast on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Imprinted Echoes, and of course at our website at imprintedechoes.com. There you'll be able to find links to the Ghostlight Media merch store, as well as our Patreon if you're able to help us out monetarily. And on that note, I'd like to thank Everett, Connor, and Nate for their support. If you'd like to help support us in other ways, please consider telling a friend about our show, or even better, leaving us a good rating and review on any podcatcher that will let you do so. As always, you can also find our hosts on Twitter, myself at Covered Sawdust, Chase at TQ Loudly, Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at Really Bridget. And of course, be sure to follow our network, Ghostlight Media at GLM Pods. Ghostlight Media also recently streamed a one-shot game of Monster Hearts on our Twitch channel, Although that particular game is not family-friendly, I would still highly suggest checking it out over at our channel, twitch.tv slash ghostlightmedia. We also hope to do more one-shot games in the future, so keep an eye out on our social media for more info upcoming. Thanks once again for listening, and I hope you'll come back in two weeks to hear another episode of Imprinted Echoes. And until then, may your ciphers never malfunction. Is produced by Zan Campbell Johannes and Chase Greenley and is edited by Pat Mahood. Original show theme music is by Justin Longacre. The song that comes from the structure is called Dorme, with lyrics by Zan Campbell Johannes and music by Carlin Campbell Johannes. It is performed by Bridget Randolph. This is a ghost like media production.